Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Show, I'm Austin Bechtold with you on the day of the All-Star Game in Major League Baseball in Seattle. As the Pittsburgh Pirates have two representatives on the field as well as manager Derek Shelton a part of the National League coaching staff as well. Rob Thompson, the manager, representing the Phillies, a good friend of Derek Shelton's. And for Mitch Keller and David Bednar, the opportunity to try to give this Pirates team more representation than last year when it was just Bednar. And for Keller, just for him to be there, to show the growth, to show the improvement that he has had this season. It is all just playing a part in this buildup. This buildup for the Pirates, for the whole entire organization, and part of it was built off of the core of the Major League Baseball draft on Sunday in selecting Paul Skeens. I put a tweet out there yesterday, just a matter of hours, maybe 12 hours after Paul Skeens was picked. It was at 9 a.m. yesterday morning about the Pirates potential 2024 roster. Now, I don't think that this is the actual roster on opening day, but this is very, very likely, barring anything unforeseen, to be the roster in, let's call it, middle of June, end of June, beginning of July. This time next year, this is what the Pirates roster should and probably will look like. So I left out a couple of pieces in the rotation, and I, w- I want to get to the rotation second. The starting nine, Andy Rodriguez behind the plate. That could go either way. I projected Jared Triolo at first or a free agent signing. Carlos Santana has stated his goal and just how much that he wants to be in the city of Pittsburgh, how much he loves the team, how much he loves the city, the fan base, everything that comes with it. So he could he potentially be an option? Probably not after being traded at the deadline, which seems like a possibility as the Pirates are going to be definite sellers at 41 and 49 at the All-Star break. So Jared Triolo is somebody who could move from third to first because you have Q. Brian Hayes signed through the decade. Are you going to try to trade him? Most likely not. Are you going to move him off the position to play at a different spot? Where is the opening? So Jared Triolo could be somebody who moves off the diamond or becomes a utility type of player like Juwan Bay. But the middle infield looks pretty solid. Nick Gonzalez and O'Neill Cruz, ever since Gonzalez has come up, he's done nothing but hit. More so, he's done nothing but drive in runs. He does still have issues striking out, which is, in this day and age of baseball, though, not the worst thing in the world if you continuously strike out, especially if you're producing and you're driving in runs. And he's shown that he has power to all fields. He's doubled off the Clemente wall on a couple of occasions. His first two home runs were a straightaway center field at PNC Park. There's a lot of things to like about Nick Gonzalez, the 2020 first-round pick of the Pirates. 
Key Brian Hayes at third. He is a front runner for the Gold Glove at third. He should win the Gold Glove at third, but he is back on the injured list. And injuries have been a problem for Key Brian Hayes. He was activated after spending time on the injured list. One day, one game he played. That was it. Back on the IL. There are realistic question marks to ask about Cabrian Hayes, but you have committed to him. You have shown by giving him what was at the time the largest contract in franchise history after Jason Kendall and was broken by Brian Reynolds the next year that Cabrian Hayes is looked upon as a key staple of what this organization is going to be. And he should in a couple of different lights, especially defensively, but if his bat doesn't play, what you're going to get from him, that is obviously a key concern because if he only hits 10 home runs, 12 home runs, is that the power potential you want from one of the top power positions in all of baseball? In left field, Brian Reynolds, plain simple, not much to touch on there. Biggest contract in franchise history, $106 million, signed through the decade. Jack Sawinski in center field. And it brings up a great question of, the home run derby from last night. And how would Jack Sawinski perform in the home run derby for the Pirates if he was to be the representative? The last Pirate to be in the home run derby was Josh Bell. What if Jack Sawinski was that next guy? His power potential is there. There's no denying that it's easy pop when the ball leaves his bat. He'll go 0 for 30 for a stretch. But at the same time, when he's connecting, he can hit the ball 440, 450 feet. It's easy pop, easy power. He has 19 home runs on the season, 48 RBIs. He's only hitting 235. Average was a lot lower previously this year. He's slugging 514 with an 874 OPS, one of the best on the team. Jack Sawinski seems like a likely candidate. His center field defense is okay. It's not spectacular. It's not splendid. It's not awesome. But he's made a lot of plays out in center. And I think you can be comfortable with him out there. Now in right, this is where things get a little bit more difficult. Do you keep Henry Davis in right field? I don't think you do. I put him in here as the right fielder just to be able to get his bat in the lineup. If I had to project and I, if I had to really say where Henry Davis is going to play, it maybe is going to be right. Because at this point, have the Pirates shown anything that they truly believe Henry Davis can catch? Other than catching one inning before the All-Star break. Andy Rodriguez could move off to first. He's very athletic, does have some power that can play up at first. Henry Davis's power will play wherever. You'd want his bat behind the plate and throw Andy Rodriguez anywhere else. He can play first, he can play second, he can play the outfield, he can play pretty much anywhere you put him other than shortstop and pitcher. Now, he might be able to do that in a lopsided game. Who knows? And it designated hitter Andrew McCutcheon. There's not that much to say other than McCutcheon is still one of the best hitters on the team. He's battled the injury bug now. He's on the IL. Pretty upsetting for the Pirates and especially for McCutcheon because could have potentially seen him in the All-Star game. I know it was very unlikely. But overall, at his position, at designated hitter, really, Jorge Soler... A very solid season. He was the guy that was picked as the National League Reserve at designated hitter. McCutcheon is not going to beat him out. Truly based off power numbers, RBIs, 
what he's meant to the Marlins this year, but what McCutcheon has meant to the Pirates has been almost even more, I would say even more so than what Jorge Soler has meant to the Miami Marlins. But the pitching rotation is where things get a little bit cloudy. Number one, Paul Skeens. It was the right pick. There's no doubting that the Paul Skeens pick for the Pirates, Dylan Cruz would have been another great candidate, but if they went with Max Clark or Wyatt Lankford or the other prep bath that ended up going fifth, Walker Jenkins, it would not have made much sense, and it would have been very telling. And I understand that in baseball, you do not pick guys based off of where you are in terms of your major league roster. And if you pick a bunch of high school guys, they're going to get to the big leagues, obviously, later. But the Pirates the Pirates made a statement in this draft. We'll get to that in a second. But it started with Paul Skeens. Mitch Keller is the two. He's your all-star representative with David Bednar. He has improved dramatically from being the worst in many statistical categories Mitch Keller, a year and a half ago, just a year ago, was awful. If you see, if you saw this graphic by, I think it was MLB Network, about Mitch Keller in mid-May of 2022, right around the time he went to the bullpen, Mitch Keller's MLB rank since 2019, and that was leading up towards mid-May of last year, his winning percentage was worst in baseball, 241. His ERA was worst in baseball. 6-12 was his ERA. His opposing batting average, over 300 at 306. His whip, worst in the majors, 170. His ERA plus, worst in the major leagues at 70. All those with a minimum of 45 starts. And Mitch Keller was asked about that at the All-Star game this past week at the all, during the media availability yesterday. And he said a lot of people that saw that were not happy, especially my family. But the facts were the facts. And now Mitch Keller, it's a whole different response when he sees that image. How different a season can make for Mitch Keller. And that's what the Pirates can try to bank on. Maybe not the same type of success and hope that Rolandi Contreras, after an experiment in the bullpen... It didn't work out. He gave up seven runs and only got one out against the Oakland Athletics in June. And that was really the tip of the iceberg that made Contreras had to go to the bullpen. The bullpen did not work out. Continuous failures that have sent him down now to AAA. And the question marks continue as to what this Pirates rotation could look like going into next season. And also what the rotation is going to look like further on this season. Because Rich Hill is likely gone. He will be traded at the trade deadline. and all likelihood, as well as maybe Connor Joe. Can you get anything for Connor Joe? You could probably get something for Rich Hill, a left-handed starting pitcher that can go deep into ball games. He's not great. He can't, he strikes out a solid amount of batters for only throwing a fastball 88 miles an hour, and his curveball and slider is what really plays off, just a looping curveball. And then there's Quinn Priester. I think Quinn Priester can be the number three starter on this roster halfway through next season. Now, am I confident in saying that based off of what Priester has done in Indianapolis this season? Not really. 
He's seven and three, but that might be where the great things in his stat line end. A four thirty six earned run average. That's the worst of his career in the Pirates minor leagues. A twenty nineteen first overall pick, first round pick rather, of the Pirates. He had a three nineteen ERA in his age eighteen season, first year with the Pirates. The twenty nineteen eighteenth overall pick. He's the top 100 prospects, according to MLB Pipeline. Did not pitch at all during the 2020 season because there was no minor leagues. In 2021, 304 ERA in 20 games, 20 starts, 97 and two-thirds innings, 82 hits, allowed 33 earned runs, walked 39, he struck out 98. The strikeouts per nine have been typical of just around, hovering right around one. And he's a little bit lower than that this year. 86 and two-thirds innings pitch for Priester. 84 strikeouts. 42 runs giving up. Last year, in his age 21 season, pitched between three different teams. Indianapolis, Altoona, as well as one start in Greensboro. But the majority of the starts coming in Altoona, 15 of them. And two starts to close the year in Indianapolis. 287 ERA in Altoona. In 75 innings, he gave up 24 runs. He walked 22, struck out 75. There's a lot to like about Quinn Priester, but his location hasn't been as great this year. He's gotten hit up a lot. 83 hits in 86 and two-thirds innings. And overall, he's had a couple more batters. Strikeout numbers are still okay, but not fantastic of where you want to see from a a first-round pick. First overall pick, Paul Skeens. Strikeout numbers are off the charts, 209 and 122 in two-thirds innings for LSU this past season. If that can be your big three at the top, if that is the top of your rotation with Paul Skeens, who the Pirates and Ben Charrington have said, they're going to ramp him back up. They're going to give him the chance and the opportunity to go back on the mound and pitch this year, which is a little bit surprising to me. But the Pirates got the pick right. Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz was the discussion for a while. And truthfully, when the Pirates won the draft lottery, if they would have taken anybody other than Dylan Cruz, I would not have been pleased with it. But what Paul Skeens has blossomed into with Dan O'Dowd, the former general manager of the Colorado Rockies, now an analyst at MLB Network, calling him a unicorn, with the crew on ESPN giving such high praise to Paul Skeens, the LSU pitcher who went first overall to the Pirates after transferring from Air Force to LSU, where he was incredible, won the College World Series Most Outstanding Player Award. But on ESPN, during the draft coverage, as soon as the pick was in, and ESPN gave the pick away, on the bottom line of the draft, they said, Kylie's best available, of who was still going to be left, and Paul Skeens was not on there. And it said Pirates draft picks, Paul Skeens, number one, LSU, which is kind of hilarious. But what they said on ESPN, the outfitters could be all-stars. I think Paul Skeens you could build a statue for. Doesn't that get you fired up? I mean, clearly, that is just kind of utterly ridiculous to say that you can build a statue for Paul Skeens when he hasn't pitched a when he hasn't thrown a pitch in minor league baseball, let alone anywhere in the majors. But that is the type of upside that he has. A former two-way player at Air Force, was a catcher, exclusively decided to pitch at LSU, 
and we could see the velocity tick up. 102, topped out at 103, throws 98 to 100. Really, and when he was playing at Air Force and was still a top-notch pitcher, he was going through military training. He was going through a huge regimen that put a lot of stress on his body. And for Paul Skeens to be able to come in, pitch a little bit this year, I would imagine that they'll put him in double-A. It would make the most sense for Skeens to start at double-A and potentially get a chance to either start the year or next year at triple-A, depending on how many starts he makes at double-A. It's not going to be much, I would imagine. But it is a possibility that Paul Skeens could be in the rotation. It probably is likely that Paul Skeens, barring injury, which a lot of people have pointed out there as you could take the everyday player, have him hit in the middle of the order. Dylan Cruz can be batting fourth, third, second, wherever, two, three, four, five, wherever you want him and play in center field. You can move Jack Sawinski to right. You can move Henry Davis to catcher. Andy Rodriguez the first. Boom, there you go. There's your starting nine. But Paul Skeens is different. And it's tough to pass up on him. And the Pirates got him at a discounted rate. Reports of $9.25 million when the slot value was 9.7. It works out really well for the Pirates. And every star team that wins in the playoffs, that goes deep in the playoffs, that wins championships, that wins playoff series, has a top starter at the top of the rotation that can single-handedly win you games. You remember the Pirates in the wild card games against the Giants in 2014 when Madison Baumgartner single-handedly shut them down and the Pirates had no chance. When Pedro Alvarez hit 36 home runs, drove in 100 runs, Andrew McCutcheon, the heyday of his time with the Pirates, Neil Walker and how he was hitting, Josh Harrison, the number of all-stars that the Pirates had, four, five, depending on what year it was, the Pirates were well-represented, 98 wins in 2018, and they couldn't hit Jake Arrieta. One start in the wild card, the rules are different now, but that was the case. Boom, you're done. And the Pirates have the chance to maybe have a similar situation with Paul Skeens. For him to be that guy for them. For him to be their Max Scherzer, who Skeens has been compared to. Garrett Cole. Mark Pryor was thrown out there by Jonathan Mayo and will be pipeline. Obviously, you need to see a lot from Skeens to truly believe that he can be that type of guy. But from what we saw from him in his first full season of just truly sticking to pitching... At LSU, there's a lot to like. And Rwanda Contreras, Johan Oviedo, Luis Ortiz, Mike Burroughs, once he comes back from Tommy John surgery, could be some of those guys that fill out that last those last two spots in the rotation. I think Johan Oviedo can competently hold on to the four or the five spot. I like what he brings in terms of his slider. His fastball plays up. He can get it to 97, maybe even 98. I like Oviedo. He's definitely a back-of-the-rotation starter that I don't know if you could depend on, but you can continue to try to develop. And for getting him for just half a season of Jose Quintana, not too bad. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. Coming up, Bob Huggins made some comments about wanting to be reinstated by West Virginia. Also, let's talk about the Home Run Derby a little bit. The 93rd. MLB All-Star Game will commence tonight in Seattle. Mitch Keller, David Bednar represent the Pirates. Vladimir Guerrero won the Derby last night. Let's talk about it in the performance by the hometown star, Julio Rodriguez in Seattle. I'm Austin Bechtold with the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtold with you. 20 teams have had a player 
win the Home Run Derby. The Pirates are not one of them. As last night, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays defeated Randy Rosarena of the Tampa Bay Rays. Rosarena would have been the first ever winner from the Rays to take home the crown of Home Run Derby champion. As Rosarena went second and was creeping up on Guerrero and really had a great shot at it to try to win the Derby at the end. He ended up losing by two, had a chance in bonus time where he was starting to heat up late in his opening round, two minutes. The back half of his two minutes was really starting to find his stride with his swing, but then Rosarena went more so instead of taking his time and taking some good swings to basically just speed and rapid fire. Just throw the ball and I'm going to hit it and I'm just going to see how far I can hit it and see what happens, truly. And that hurt him a little bit. The first round of the Home Run Derby, that was nuts. We could have seen the championship of the Home Run Derby truly in the first round. Luis Robert and Adley Rutschman, the one versus the eight seed, was truly the best matchup of the entire Derby. Adley Rutschman of the Baltimore Orioles, the 2019 first overall pick, hit 27 home runs. He had 13 on the year. He was the eighth seed. I even asked myself, why is Adley Rutschman participating in this contest? He doesn't have that great of power numbers. Well, his dad was pitching to him. He is from that area up in Oregon. An Oregon State product. And Rutschman was absolutely dominant in the home run derby. 27 bombs. He's a switch hitter. He started and hit from the from the left side of the plate until his bonus time came up. And then he went, I think it was 7 of 8. He only missed one swing. That was not a home run. He switched to the right side of the plate. And Adley Rutschman, who took everyone's breath away, the 25-year-old catcher for the Baltimore Orioles, hit 27 home runs, and he made his sweet swinging time from the right side of the plate look so utterly easy. And it shows the talent that is in Major League Baseball and just how great the Home Run Derby and the MLB All-Star Game, MLB All-Star Week is. The Home Run Derby stands alone. It stands on itself. There is no comparison to the Pro Bowl in the Home Run Derby or the MLB All-Star Game. There's just not, which has turned into a flag football contest. The NHL skills competition is fine. The hardest shot competition, okay. I do like the three-on-three that the NHL does, but that's not traditional hockey. That's overtime hockey in the regular season. And in the NBA, the three-point competition is great, but it shares the same night with the dunk contest as well as the skills competition and other things that come with it. And then the All-Star game the day after. And the NBA All-Star game is basically just a dunk contest in its own right, a three-point contest mixed in with it. It's basically everything that happened the night before, except there's five guys on the court on each team. The MLB All-Star game is different. It's pure. It's 
Well, there's times where baseball obviously was not pure in the steroid era, but you get what I mean in the sense of how Major League Baseball's game truly is a game. And the Home Run Derby on its own night and just everything that goes along with it with guys just launching moonshot home run after home run, being able to get extra time for hitting two four forty. Julio Rodriguez hit 41 in the first round. That's the most in every any round of a home run derby. Julio Rodriguez, there have been seven rounds of 30-plus home runs in the history of the derby. He has three of them. He was absolutely fantastic and insane. I thought he was going to win it. He was my pick from the start that Rodriguez was going to represent Seattle, win the derby, and it looked like he was going to be able to do so as he smoked Pete Alonzo, who was going for his third title. Alonzo ended up with 21 in the first round, and he was eliminated. Adolis Garcia, the Rangers, was represented. How about five Texas Rangers in the starting lineup? Something that you didn't really expect to see. It's basically the Tampa Bay and Texas show in the American League starting lineup. Spread out a little bit more in the National League, but the Atlanta Braves of the eight All-Stars has something to say about that. And for Vladimir Guerrero to be able to win it, if Julio would have made it, he might have been the one that was able to take the crown and defeat Randy Rosarena. Who knows? But it seems like Rodriguez was gassed. But the first round is truly what everybody came to see, I would imagine. And the show that those guys put on with Rodriguez just absolutely crushing balls. He knows the ballpark better than anybody, obviously playing there so much and playing there often. And Shohei Otani has previously been in the Home Run Derby. It just shows how great the All-Star game is. Shohei will be in the starting lineup as designated hitter for the American League tonight. His stats at the All-Star break in all of baseball. He is first in home runs. He is first in slugging. He is first in OPS. First in triples. He's third in RBIs. First in hits allowed per nine inning as a pitcher. And he's fourth in strikeouts as a pitcher. And his ERA is lower than Spencer Strider's. He's the best hitter in baseball. You can't hit him. If you would trade him at the deadline, the Angels would potentially get three top prospects from somebody. And that's just for three months of Shohei Otani. And this is why baseball is great. There are a couple of guys that are hurt this year. Clayton Kershaw and Mike Trout got hurt right before the break. But there are young stars that is, are going to be on full display, especially guys that play on the West Coast, that it's going to be fascinating to see them on the big stage. Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks, the rookie and the front runner for National League Rookie of the Year with how well he's playing. Randy Rosarena, he plays in Tampa Bay. They don't even go to their own games in Tampa Bay and be able to show the fan support. Ruiz... For the Oakland Athletics is one of the fastest guys overall this season. I like to see him get a little bit. And I'm not just talking about the All-Star game. I like to see him get some recognition just overall. Now just bitballing some other guys that maybe don't get as much credit and get as much due that are younger players. that I think they really should. I'd like to see how much Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, and it's a big reason. A big part of it is the Pirates can just starting to shape up and get some more wins in them is to see how well they're going to be able to transition to playing more consistent big league ball. And do they get recognized on the national stage? Because two of those are two of the guys that could be franchise altering players for you. At least you would hope two former top 10 picks, Henry Davis, the number one overall pick in 2021, the same way that you hope Paul Skeens is going to be that guy. And well, what's likely going to be next year. The MLB All-Star Game is just different for me. It's so much fun to watch. It's can't miss. 
because it's the top guys going 100%, some even 110% to show out in their sport. And it's not like that in the NFL and the Pro Bowl. It's not like that in the NBA. It's not like that in the NHL. It's different. There's no gimmicks in the MLB All-Star Game. And that's just what makes it awesome. I'm Austin Bechtel with the Fan Early Morning Show. Coming up, we'll check in to see what Bob Huggins had to say at West Virginia here on Sports Radio 93.7 FM. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 